Good morning, everybody. I am here with Dana Brooks. I'm so excited. <laughs> Good morning. Best well, part of the day. Best part of the day. We're here with Coffee with Christy. Going to have a nice conversation with Ms. Dana. Ms. Dana and I go back quite some time. Both of our daughters Many played years softball to our kids. Together. Yes, yes. So it seems like uh, not only do the girls walk away with such great friends, but we right, do too. Right. So. It's, it's it. amazing how we get connected through our children. I know, I know. Oh, and gosh, then we look yeah. back and say, "Wow, they're all getting older. We're not, I, though." I think I'm staying the same. I just <laughs> we all stay I, the same, but they do grow yeah, older. I just took a picture with my oldest, and I'm like, "I still feel young. How come yeah. you're getting older?" Exactly, exactly. Right? It's all in the mindset. And you just had one that just turned. It's did. I got it. Too, I right? have a man. I have a man boy now. Oh, man boy. <laughs> I have a man boy who just turned 18 last weekend. Oh my goodness! And baby, you know, most people know him as being baby. Jake's when I started baby Jake's mm. oh, business when right. he was born that's right and so my baby Jake is mm. now 18 and wow. then I have Luke who's 16 mm -hmm. and uh Selah who is oh my goodness yeah we're hitting that 13 age yeah. right now oh wow. yeah she's older Pray than for Zaya. me sister yes. I'm kidding now she's a sweet little girl oh, but she oh I see her little developmenting her developing into this just beautiful little girl mm -hmm. now at, oh, teenager I should say yeah always our little girl though Always. Always. I think, it's perspective. I don't think it matters how old they get or they're always going to be our babies. And I never understood that when my mom always says, oh, she's my baby. I'm like, really? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, 50. <laughs> She's like, you're always going to be my always baby. Always your but baby. But I get it. I get it. When you totally talk get it. It's your child. And yes. that child, even man boy, will be my baby boy forever. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. He may not be too happy about that, but <laughs> he's used to me now. Inside, he's so used to me. Inside, he's happy with that. And yes, yes, I do embarrass my kids, and I he, don't mind he at all. He will be 50 and still be happy with that exactly comment. Exactly yes, right. So, yes, for sure. All right. So I kind of want to tell your story because. Um, so first of all, you are the owner of Drench Fitness, but before even Drench came along, what were, you were a stay-at-home mom, weren't I you? I was a stay-at-home yeah. mom, but it didn't start off that way. Okay. I always had aspirations. I was always the world traveler, backpacking mm -hmm. 13 countries. I was the vagabond at 18. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to travel to Maui for a year. Didn't you I, also, like, you met your husband on a cruise. I met him on a cruise to Ensenada, yes. Papa's and Beer, you know, <laughs> all of it. You know, I just wanted to experience. I was yeah. always type A, wanting to experience world and life and things. And you were and, also getting ready to leave to another country. I was correct? getting ready to move to Costa yes. Rica. You remember? Yes, I remember that. Oh, yes. thank you. <laughs> I feel special. No. Um, yeah, no, I've always wanted to just see the world and experience life and mm -hmm. meet as many people as possible. And and I did that. I did yeah. that. And I'm so grateful I did prior to meeting Chuck, my mm -hmm. husband. And I, you know, having kids, I am glad I got that travel bug out of my system. Yeah. Because well, you, you still travel, though. I still travel, you know, yeah. but once but having kids, I had to take a hiatus for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Staying home with the kids and having babies, three of them. and mm -hmm. um, But that was always in my blood. I got a degree in, in psychology and one in uh, Latin American history and an oh, emphasis wow. in Spanish. I am a Latina woman, but I forgot about who I was because I grew up in an, an all um, non uh, of color, I guess, yes. community. <clears throat> and so I did always... Did you know Spanish before? I did not. But oh. my grandparents from Mexico, from Zacatecas, Jerez, and we grew up hearing them speak Spanish. My parents spoke English with us, so mm. we never learned the language. But yet I was the only little Mexican girl in, in grade school, always teased, always because yeah. I was the outcast then. Mm -hmm. And years later, uh, I started finding myself. 
I started finding who you I am. You were the outcast because you didn't know Spanish or you were the outcast because you were the only Hispanic? Great question. It should have been because I didn't know Spanish, but it was because it was not. It was because my parents had, my dad had a very strong accent. I had a, an olive mm-hmm. skin to me. Uh, my family was different than all the other families. And that's why I was the outcast. I was yeah. teased. I was, um, you know, and I never had a good self-image of myself. I always felt I was not enough or something was wrong with me. I was not, you know, when you're teased as a child, just yeah. because of your ethnicity, it really does something to you. Right. You know, but what it did for me was it gave me the biggest blessing in my entire, I couldn't even fathom what my life would have been had I not experienced that because that's where I started finding where I want to be in my life and who I am. I started appreciating who I was. I started getting older and wanting to know more about my culture Culture, and Latin American history. And boy, did I fall in love Mm. with my culture. Oh my gosh. So much so that I was like, I'm a Latina woman and I'm so proud to be, you know, Isn't, isn't that funny that as a little child, all of that is suppressed and you kind of probably even wanted to hide from it because everybody was bullying you on it. Absolutely. And then, but as you grew, you're like, wait a minute, this yeah. is who I am. This is, you own it. I started right? owning yes. it and everything yeah. changed. It, it, it changed to everything. Do you, yes. do you now as, so going through that as an adult, do you incorporate that into your household? Do you, um, I should do it more. Mm -hmm. I did say, I'm going to, you know, of course, when I was learning Spanish and and learning the history, Mm -hmm. and I eventually had kids, I said, I'm going to teach them Spanish. You know, and that lasted off and on. No, I never taught the kids. No. They took it in school a few years, and now Luke is taking Japanese, so. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, no, it's awesome. It is great. It is great. But, um, no, I've always taught them to be proud of who they are and their ethnicity, and, and, you know, there's no greater gift than to be who you are. I think that's okay that they don't know. My kids don't know Spanish. Yeah. But I think we came from that generation where our parents, were probably also scrutinized for they were. knowing Spanish yeah. and speaking Spanish. Absolutely. So they wanted us to blend in. Exactly. So and that's exactly were why. Spoke, you know, we were taught, made sure that we knew English very well. Yes. As opposed to the language that Exactly. We would love to hear, sad, right? Huh? Yeah. Yes. It's so, but yeah. but they didn't know. They did what, yeah, what they did what, they what they was what was best was, at the time. Exactly. And then yeah, so yes. Yeah, so yeah. so okay. So, so you traveled. So that journey led me to studying abroad in Puebla, mm-hmm. Mexico. That's when I went through thirteen different countries and went through, you know all throughout Latin America. It was because I wanted to find my my ethnicity. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to touch it. Yeah. I wanted to breathe it. I wanted to know it. And so that just changed everything. So after that, I had that's when I got my travel bug. I said I want to see the world. I want to yeah. do that. So I did all that. And of course, that's where I met Chuck. Well, this was on a cruise, a little weekend thing with friends, my sister, uh, my best friend, my sister. And so, yeah, we met and um, we got married shortly after that. But I actually before that, I did say I'm leaving to Costa Rica. I don't think I'm the woman you want to get in. You know, you you really want to move forward with established. He was an L.A. County sheriff for many, many years. He had never left the country. He's only went to maybe Las Vegas. I met him. I'm like, what? Hold on, you're 40 years old, so we have a 15 year age difference. Oh, mm-hmm. I was 27, he was 39, yeah. um, 26, excuse me. And so, yeah, no, we just fell in love instantly, and you know, it took some transitioning into finding our place together. Did he go then, to Costa Rica after you? Well, what happened was you? we were dating, dating. I said, all right, now I'm still leaving. He's like, you're still leaving. I go, yeah, I'm still leaving. Yeah. I want to go teach English in Costa Rica, so I did go to Costa Rica. We were speaking on the phone, you know, here and there. And then he surprised me. He did. He told me he was going to come, but he didn't tell me exactly. I didn't know when. Mm -hmm. Um, Surprised me, showed up, and um, we traveled through the country together. Uh, We saw the toucans, the monkeys, the, the people, the foods, and we developed this next level of a relationship in our lives with each other. We became 
how much more than just dating. It became a little deeper just by experiencing a beautiful culture together and seeing how we work together and travel together, you know. And um, it was my birthday underneath the Palapa. And oh, goodness, what playa was it? How dare I forget? It was near Playa del Coco. But anyway, we're underneath the Palapa. It was pouring rain. And he said the three words to me. On my birthday, I love you. And I was like, okay, hold on. Hold on, buddy. This is not going to work. This is not. You need to go home. Oh, my God. He already had extended his vacation. I go, okay, well, no, no more extending. Now it's time for you to go. And he left the country. He left the country. And the color of the country after he left, like the two cans were black and white after he left. The color, the riches of the beautiful greenery, it just, the it just was different. My lens had changed after he left. I realized, oh my goodness, I love him too. (laughs) I realized I I loved him too. And I just, it just changed everything. I said, all right, I quit my job. I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. You know, I Mm -hmm. lost another week. It was supposed to be for a year. (laughs) I was only there a few months. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I, I ended out. Yeah, I ended out getting to LAX airport and called him over. They paged him overhead at the sheriff's department. He showed up his little blue BMW and he had a, the trunk filled with red roses. Oh. And it was history. I moved in with him. Oh, wow. And because I knew I was coming from San Diego, that's why I'm San Diego State. And then I immediately went to my travels and things and such. And then, um, so I was either going to either move back to San Diego or, or move back with my parents. Right. Okay. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I moved in with him. Wow. And so that's where the journey started. And that was oh. before we found our faith together. Oh, that wow. was before we developed a real understanding of marriage and all of that. Did you so. find your faith after you got married or after you Very had kids or Good during... question. So this is actually a funny story. If you don't mind, I, I, don't. I, I, I love this story. It's part because of your it's, journey. I want to hear it. And this is a huge part yeah. of my journey. I remember I was in his little duplex in Phillips Ranch. And I was there. He was at work. I was cleaning things up. I found a Bible in his house. Oh, wow. And I was like, a Bible? Uh, I mean, this is my journey. So I I grew up Catholic. I never opened my Bible. I didn't know my Bible. Um, I grew up a a Catholic, and I just, that was nothing I ever did as a child. So when I saw a Bible in his house, I opened it up, and I noticed that the, the, the pages were tattered. And it was highlighted, and he had bookmarks in it, and pictures and I was like oh goodness he must have been a felon he found Jesus he must have been a felon he must have had some police officer I know so I was really confused I said okay this guy has a past maybe he was in drugs you know because who reads their bible like this he's probably one of those bible people that's kind of like the you know, the image that Isn't everybody that, that's felt. That's what yes. I felt as he yes. was this maybe reborn guy. I wasn't sure. I called my sister. I said, Natalie, he is Bible. He's like one of those Bible guys. Like he reads his Bible. He must have had issues in his life. I think I need it. She goes, just ask him. Yeah. I was like, oh God, I guess I got to find out. I mean, I got to know what's going on with this guy. Cause I'm, I'm falling in love with this guy. I'm, I'm yeah. love this guy, you know, you want to know if there's something and you should be wary about. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I did naturally. That was the first yeah. thought I came up with. And eventually I came up with the nerve and I said, you know, I noticed a Bible in your house and, you know, do you have any issues? Share with me. I want to learn more about you. He's like, no, I don't. I used to attend church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, years ago, he said, but I don't anymore. Oh. I just don't. He's just kind of backsliding. He's just kind of doing his own thing and, a sh- you know, being a cop. 
And he's like, no, I don't go anymore. I used to go. That was kind of how I used to be. And so I was like, oh, okay, so you're normal. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it started. Eventually, I started thinking something in me in my heart started saying, I asked him, I said, no, I said, I said, check. I said, what was the church you said you used to go to? Because I kind of want to know like your past. I want to know like where you, because why would you go to church? He's like, okay. Eventually he said, let's go. Let's, I'll show you where I used to go. It was a normal place. It was anything, you know, out of the norm. And so we went to Calvary Chapel together. Long story short, Mm. um, his life started changing. He started wanting to go every Sunday. And I was like, all right, I'll go. This was not what I was thinking of doing, but I'll go with you. And so we kept going. And soon as I knew, one day he said, "Um, you know, Dean, I have a lot of feelings for you, but you have to move out of my house. He said, because I feel I'm not where God has me in my life right now. I have conviction in my heart. I know, right? It just I just remember that moment so vividly. And I was so angry because I felt he had was neglecting. He I felt I felt like God is tearing us apart. How dare God? Like, why did I even ever ask to go to church? Now my whole relationship is ruined. It's taken the love of my life away from me now. He's not the same person. He's wanting to go to church all the time. Now, like, who is this guy? Yeah. I thought I knew him. And so he says, You have to move out. Wow. And I was like, I was devastated. I felt yeah. he didn't love me anymore. I felt I had done something wrong because I didn't understand right. the discernment of spirituality. And so I moved out. And that's how it went. It, it went. We were separated, but we still were friends. And it was hard. I had a lot of regret for ever asking to go to the church. <laughs> Have you guys stayed dating? We or were no, dating, just, but it was like friends. he said, I want to, you know, I, I no <laughs> longer want the intimacy I want to wait till I'm married. And I'm like, dude, it's way too late for that. <laughs> he said, no, it's not. Uh. It's not. He's like, I've just, I rededicated my life to God. And, you know, it's, we're wiped clean of, of any uh, transgressions in our lives. And mm-hmm. I'm new. So I want to wait till I'm married. Wow. I know. So, but you know, though, I got to tell you though, through his changes, I started realizing, oh my gosh, there is a God. <laughs> because I started seeing his life just change for the better. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Just, he had this contentment that I couldn't even pinpoint what it was. He was just content. He had, nice. he just had this faith that you couldn't even explain. It just, I felt it. I saw it and I was like, okay, something's real here, you know, but I was still resistant. Right. How then, long did you guys, how long were you apart before? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, hopefully he always thought he would eventually come and ask you to marry him. Yeah, he didn't know. He was just praying about it. So at that time, so he needed to figure himself out totally. It wasn't like, yeah, yeah. I would have felt the same way. Yeah. choosing me. And I'm living with my parents again. (laughs) So how long after did... So so then, uh, you know, I was seeking. I was seeking. I was like, you know, Lord, if you're real kind, you know, I want to know. But, you know, I wasn't really kind of giving my heart completely. I was just kind of wanting to know things and... But I wasn't wholeheartedly ready for it. Mm-hmm. I, now, in hindsight, in I look back. In the meantime, back. you were still dating him? So yeah, you we were continued. still dating. We were still dating, but it was, you know, it was more on a friendship, deeper level. And he was sharing with me and and just mm-hmm. being a mentor in my life, really. Yeah. And I still had affection for him. He said he didn't lose that for me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't believe him. Right. Um, and then he eventually invited me to a harvest crusade with some dear friends of ours. And this was after about a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was about a year. And wow. so I went and I heard the message. 
I heard it again in my ears. It's almost like the earplugs were removed from my my ears. And it was almost like my heart had already been, um, it, it was already kind of being massaged into arriving on this day where it was loosened up. It was a little loosened up on this day where I heard the message so vividly clear. Um, very simple message that, you know, Jesus had died for my sins and I'm forgiven. And if I accept him as my Lord and Savior, I am saved and my life will change into honor him. I under and I wanted that. And I was ready to accept that into my wow. heart. It was just my name. My knees were just vibrating. My body, you my heart was palpitating. Um, this was actually in, in August, oh. August 17th. And oh, wow. so um, I love that you remember the day. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And it um, and it was uh, 24 years ago. Wow. And so today, well, August. And, yeah. and so I remember those sitting on those bleachers and I heard it like my ear. It was weird. I was like, what? I didn't hear it ever this way before. Right. I heard it. I believe it. Right. And that's when my life, it, it changed. It's not something that just happens. No. It doesn't. I knew that I was ready and I accepted it, but it doesn't just change like that. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward. But you're opening, it opens the door. It opened the door. Opposed to you watching it from the outside, looking exactly. in. Now the door is open and you're building the and foundation, heard, the home. And that's what it yes. was. And I've heard about people, mm -hmm. you know, experiencing this spiritual, mm -hmm. you can't explain it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you really can't. Yeah. It's an internal, you know, so when I felt it, I knew that, oh my God, this Lord, this is like, okay. I, it was very exciting, yeah. but time in time it passed. And I remember we were dating still and it was still, I was kind of starting to learn and grow my faith. And uh, I was working in Irvine at a, as a headhunter in the technical industry, and I was driving home from work. This is when everything really changed. This was maybe about three months after that time. And I was driving home at work late at night in my little SUV, and I was just driving in the pouring rain, going to my parents' house after a long day of work. And I remember I was saying, Lord, I spoke these, these from my heart. I said, I know you're real. Like, I know you're real, but I need to know, I want to feel you. Mm. Like, I want it. I want to touch you. I want to feel. And I wanted it so bad. And I started pleading with him, pleading with him. Just show me, show me. I want it all right now. Yeah. And I literally stopped in my track and just pulled over on the side of the freeway, got on my knees and I just cried my heart out. Wow. And that's when my whole life, that's when everything changed. Wow. That was my entire life. Like I felt the spirit within me and everything changed. Like wow. everything, <laughs> the way I saw life from that day forward was a completely different way of life. I remember I drove to the town, the freeway. I was like, Oh my gosh, I drove to Chuck's houses, duplex and Phillips ranch. <laughs> I'm at pounding at the door. It's pouring rain. He's like, what is going on? I go, honey, I, I, I feel what you feel now. I feel what you feel. I get it. Yeah. Well, That's it. It was, I'm sorry, well, but this no, is, this no. is what changed my life. So, no, um, and he just held me and I just cried and cried and cried. I was so, I felt, it for the first time in my entire life. That's awesome. 25 years old. 
And so, um, actually it was 26. It was 26 now by this time we met when I was 24. So, um, yeah, that's when everything changed. I didn't want him touching me either anymore. I didn't want that. I just wanted to grow in God in our marriage. We got engaged shortly after that. Wow. And we both had, we were completely aligned with where we were in our faith and our relationship. And my goodness, was our relationship so mightily blessed. Oh, yeah. We just had this new love for each other. Like we knew we, God had brought us into each other's life That's for so something beautiful. so incredibly beautiful for both of our lives. And wow. we knew that. We would look at each other and just know that we were meant, that this is what God had our plan to be. Wow. And so we had a long engagement. And of course, we just grew in our faith. And that wedding day, I'm telling you, Christy, was everyone felt it. And it was like, I was walking to my husband. Did you get married at Calvary Chapel? No. And that was the thing is, you know, growing up in a Catholic church, it was very difficult. We had a lot of friction between my family members. My grandmother was very upset. My mother, oh my goodness, upset. Everyone was upset with us. And they said, no, you must get married in the Catholic church. You have to get married. And I go, God is everywhere. He is everywhere. He's bigger than walls. He's in our heart. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we could be anywhere and I want to be on the ocean. <laughs> I want to be on the ocean. We ended up getting married on a bluff in Newport beach. Oh, that's good. With a, with a beautiful bird's eye view of the ocean. And just as I had always dreamed as a child and it was there, it was, it was everything I would have envisioned and walking. Did everybody in, show? Did everybody like everybody put ended up there? coming? Everybody showed and okay. they saw, they felt, they saw something that only you would see if, it was a, it was a spiritual, beautiful day, and the pastor shared our testimony oh. to the group, and there was not a dried eye, and our vows were exactly how you they were. How yeah, and it was that was the first time I was in my husband's arms that night, oh. and it was as if we never had. Oh. So had we gone back and done it the other way, uh-uh, it would have changed the whole wedding day. It was like okay, his fans are plans are far greater for us, yes. and so that's it. So that's awesome. yeah, so we just celebrated our twenty year anniversary, wow, and it's August fourth. Thank you, thank you, and it just gets better. You know, it really does. It's uh, you know, of course, we ended up having children shortly after, and. Um, that's when baby Jake came into the picture. And so tell us about baby Jake. Cause that was a different, uh, entrepreneurship that you had, correct? Yes. Yeah, so I was actually, I was working for the, uh, district sales manager. I was the youngest district ma- sales manager in AAA. Wow. And actually my, my head, uh, manager, he had mentioned that I was the youngest in history of the district sales manager position. Wow. So, um, yeah, I took awesome. over a team, AAA, such a 19, you know, well now it's 120 some years old company. And so, um, yeah, I was managing sales team. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that and loved my job. I was traveling a lot, winning the contests and just loved the travel and love working with the people and the whole sales aspect. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a challenge and I loved it. And then I got pregnant and I said, I'm going to have this baby and I'm going right back to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go right back to work. I was right at my peak. I was doing so well. I, w- I loved it. And I got pregnant and um, went everywhere to find a nanny. I wanted to find the perfect nanny. I interviewed, interviewed, interviewed. We checked out every child care area that you could possibly know of within Anaheim Hills and Orange County and ended up choosing my mom. I said, Mom, I can't find. She goes, that's okay. Just leave the baby with me. We're, we'll, I'll take care of him. And so, um, left baby Jake with her and I went to work and I just did my thing. My assistant walks into my office one day, walks into my office. Again, this is one of those other moments in my life that I will never forget. 
she walks in. She comes in and she says, Dana, do you feel you're where God has you right now? Wow. There I go. I get the tears again. I have chills. And I said, I couldn't answer her. I couldn't say yes. Yeah. I could. Those words, yes, did not roll off my tongue. And I remember I just said, uh, no, no, they don't. And I was like, they, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get really yeah. emotional because it was like, if she had not come into my office, I would have been you battling things. There, Who yeah. knows what I would have. I don't know what I would have done. But God sent her, I think, to bring that I awakening believe. to me. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. That's the thing is when you're a believer, you realize those little moments in your life. I, I, I strongly believe that every day, I say this all the time, people are put into your life, put into your path for a reason. 100%. And sometimes it's just to, to say that one sentence, like, are you supposed to be here? A hundred or, you know, something. Yes, yes, exactly. So just those little words. That, whispering. You know, just like your friend inviting you to that cruise you wouldn't have gone on and then you met your husband right you know your friend yeah and I think about that, that papa's and beer cruise back then and I think <laughs> <laughs> but God's plan always is <laughs> no, but you know what I'm right no it's true so, it's, it's true same thing yeah. this was someone you saw every day yeah. and then walks in and says something yeah and we knew each other know. but we didn't know each other yeah like we really didn't know each other well that was enough. A deep, it was very bold was, of her well that was a deep very deep question for her to ask like you're saying it was bold of her but it was deep right right and I was her boss yeah you know for her to have that confidence is she still there you know I don't know if she's still there I don't even know she really even understood I don't I don't know I just what impact yeah right no kidding hon I remember she was a little little short stubby little lady with short hair and big glasses that would be really (laughs) neat for you to look her up and say I just want you to know right that one question so okay after she asked you that so of course I knew no I knew no it took me that day I I called my boss I said I said you've got to come you got to Kent. You got to come you got to come he's like and he's he told me he's like I have a feeling what you're gonna say I said, well, you need to come now. He's like, can we schedule this? I no, 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 no. You need to, you need to come now. You didn't even have a chuck, a conversation with Chuck. You just called your boss. Like you just went uh, done, uh, done, yeah, done. He came into. He pulled me in the conference room. He says, I have a feeling. What I have a feeling. What I know. What you're gonna say. He said, let it out. <laughs> I said, I've got to be with my baby boy. Yeah. I got to beat him. I got to get home to Jacob. Mm-hmm. I got to go. And he said, I knew you were going to do this, Dana. I knew something in you yeah. was going to want to do this because I could feel that you were not in your place anymore. Yeah. Your he said life so. changed when you My, had, I, you know, I've talked to other moms about this, that when they're working, there's the constant struggle of wanting to be who they were before. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. that's part of their identity of mm-hmm. being the working mom or I shouldn't say working mom because at the time there are you know no children or they're even if they did have children they're what they did for a living was part of their identity yes the, it defines you yes right, but the yes. flip side is you also have the title of mom yes and so I know that right. there's a lot of struggles with moms of wanting to be in both places at the same time but one pole is going to be stronger than the other and in your case, so it was true. definitely it was Jake's. Exactly. And it's everyone has their own beautiful yes, journey. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. yes. You balance it mm-hmm. to work for your family and so, where God has you. So you come So home. anyway, no, he told me he saw it. Just remember, tell my boss that I talked you out of it. Because okay. I'm not going to do that to you, Dana. I'm not going to do that to you. 
we were really good friends. So yeah. I left. I packed up my desk. I told everybody, goodbye. I'm going to go be a stay-at-home mom. What picked did, up my baby boy. What did your assistant say when you started She's walking? just like, her jaw was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's all. I just asked you a question. You're leaving. Know, yeah, <laughs> done. Yeah. And so I picked up my son at my mom's. I was like, mom, I want my baby. Bring. I go in there crying. She goes, how what the heck he? happened to you? I go, how, how old was he? Oh, he was just a newborn. He. Oh, oh I mean, I had a, tw- I think I was at FMLA was what, I can't remember how many months, weeks they give you off work. Like six weeks. Six weeks. I yeah, it was nothing. about that. So he was about that. Eight weeks. I was maybe back a week so and a half. Have, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know I didn't last very long. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, no, picked up that child. And I was like, oh, my God. I remember just holding mm-hmm. him, looking at him. And this boy was a crier. He had colic. The mm-hmm. kid didn't stop crying. I was like, what the heck did I do? No, I'm just kidding. No, I get he it. was, yeah, no, he was just cry, cry, cry. And we walked into my little, went back home. And I was like, well, here's my new life. Yeah. And he was very colicky. I remember was Chuck, Chuck and so, shocked so yeah, no, and he supported it. He didn't want me going back to work. He really, but he didn't say it because he knew it he didn't to want to. Own. He knew it had to be my own decision. That's, that's yes, really he's a very, Chuck is such a rational human being, though. He's he's incredible. And so, uh, yeah, I was a stay home mom and taking care of a colicky baby every day. And I grew up uh, by uh, dancing baile folklorico. Oh, wow. dancing so my mom was always sewing our blanket our blankets excuse me I'm gonna get dresses. to blankets the dresses grew up with the mother as a seamstress mm-hmm. and so I called her one day I said mom I'm really bored baby's sleeping and I have nothing to do mm-hmm. she said I go I want to I want to make him a baby blanket so my mom says come on over I'll teach you how to sew so that's when I sewed my first baby blanket wow. and I joined a mom's club I had a baby blanket with me, and they said, what a cute blanket. I said, thank you. I said, I'm taking orders. <laughs> and baby Jakes was born. Wow. I went home. I went to, uh, what was it, Joanne's fabric, and I purchased all this fabric. I started sewing. Every time he would sleep, I'd start sewing. It was very therapeutic yeah. at the time. B- covered my stroller with blankets, and I was selling right off my stroller. I think when I met you, you were just transitioning from that. You were kind of like closing that business out. Yes, because and- I went through my life <laughs> depression and and I'll get to that I'll, mm-hmm. I'll speed it up so I don't take no, everyone's time really but good, um, um important aspect so to yeah touch. yeah 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 so I did the baby blankets and it started you know really picking up I ended up selling to over 160 retailers globally wow and Nordstrom took the product and I started really? then I started d- developing a little product line accessories I got a manufacturer really and I didn't know that uh, yeah 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 and then I got a manufacturer and then he started doing all the sewing but I was doing the monogramming because I wanted the baby's names on the blankets and the bibs and the burp cloths and such. And so long story short, 12 years later, three kids later, so you I'm still sewing. So you did Baby Jakes for 12 years? I did Baby Jakes for 12 years. Wow, I did not know that. I did Baby Jakes for 12 years. And so that was 12 years of my life, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, really forgetting about who I was. Mm-hmm. In that 12 years, I was now labeled a mother, which is a beautiful thing. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But oh, Dana, no. was, Dana was lost 12 years ago. So fast forward, three kids later, kids all in school now, and I'm behind a sewing machine sewing baby blankets, the monogram ones, mm-hmm. and drinking a lot of wine, gaining a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. My husband was uh, always at the sheriff's department. He was yeah. traveling, coming home only on weekends. I had a lot, started getting a lot of resentment towards him because he was living and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I just completely came to a place in my life where I had lost Dana. Yeah. I just lost the woman that I was a hundred percent where I didn't feel adequate to be a mother anymore because I had thoughts of not wanting to be a mother. I had thoughts of, I didn't want to be married anymore because I didn't think I was worthy enough. Maybe there's a better life for me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I blamed everything around me than myself 
because I was doing something I didn't love anymore, something that didn't bring joy to me, something that I spent a lot of hours doing, but I did it far too long. Even though it was a successful business, it still didn't feed your soul. It didn't bring me any joy. It was sweet when the newborn babies and the mothers would take photos of their babies and send them to me. And, oh, my baby loves your blanket. Like, that was beautiful. And I love being part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe two, three years would have been great. Twelve years was a little too much. It was kind of like the (laughs) tipping point. And so I went through a severe depression. Mm. Severe. Where I didn't want God. I didn't want the beauty in my life anymore. I felt I was unworthy of it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel beautiful anymore. I wouldn't look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't want to go out with him because I felt I was fat. Yeah. I felt I was, nothing was beautiful about me anymore. I lost it. And so, um, I went a good, probably a good solid six months in gluttony, wow. um, self-sabotage, um, a very dark, deep depression. Were you aware? I didn't care anymore. I didn't care anymore. My family would go to church without me. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids would say, mom, are you okay? Those are the questions that started coming to me. Yeah. And then I remember going out on a Saturday night with friends. And I remember I started looking at other men. This time being very transparent. Yeah. Okay. And I appreciate that. And then I started being very convicted thinking, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing? What am I doing in my life? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I remember I, I circle, circle back. I came to a point where this is very emotional for me because I see how God works so vividly clear in my life. And I remember I, um, I came to that point where I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't take this burden on me anymore. I don't want to be married anymore. Yeah. And I just said, Lord, I'm trying, but I can't get this right. And I literally just said, work in me do something take me away because I don't want to do this anymore what was your aha moment to be able to reach out because you just said going through it you didn't care because you you're lost it was when I went out that night and I started looking at other men like that was one of the ahas when I woke up that next morning thinking who am I yeah I'm a loyal person like of course I was loyal but my thought just the mere thought you've already committed adultery just the thought of it and I had that thought in my head and I looked at my children and I just like, what a mess I am. That was, that was like the, the moment. Like, okay, something has to change. Quick question. Yeah. Were you supposed to go out that night? Uh, or did somebody invite you out? Good question. You mean the night that I had those thoughts? Yeah. It was where I, gosh, I don't remember how it was all planned. I think we had it planned. It was planned to go dancing that night. So it had been like quite a while that the reason I'm asking is because every single thing has been like, Hey, let's just go here. And then you check, Hey, you sure you're supposed to be here? Yes. So, so you were in depression. So something said, let's go out. It's time. Let's go out. Yeah. I need to show you, Mm -hmm. you know, what's out there. I need to, to open find something to yes. open your eyes. Yeah, I remember about dance. Like there was no yeah. tomorrow. And I was like, I'm going to let it all. Yeah, when yeah. you're dancing, I mean, you're just in your own zone. Yeah. But the fact that you started looking. Right. And outside. I started dancing. I started dancing with this handsome man, just mm-hmm. dancing completely innocent, but dancing where yes. I loved it. And I felt pretty again. I felt yes. beautiful again. I felt something where I was like, I'm still kind of here. That could have flipped either way. It could, it have, could have flipped it other could way. Have flipped like, you know what? 
this. And I think right? I'm going to continue to do this. Right? Because I was very vulnerable. But I, think- I had a lack of confidence. I felt I was unworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see how women could go off that edge. I really can. Yeah. Never judge. No. You never know someone's story. No. And I'm grateful by the grace of God that I didn't go, but I could see it going that way. But I think that's where God does play because he knows your heart. Mm -hmm. He knows what you want. Mm -hmm. He knew that if he showed you something, he knew what path Mm, you would take. A little temptation. Show you first. Yeah. Not necessarily even temptation as much Mm -hmm. as just like. It's kind of like looking at Yeah, I don't screen. think the temptation would be from yeah, him, yeah. but he allowed. Right, right, right. Yeah. Let me show you. Yeah, let me show you. Let me yeah. show you what this picture yeah. looks like. Exactly. And, and the then, picture was vivid, clear the next morning. Yes. I felt this sense of just loss. And I said, and I had, you know, nothing even happened, but it was just the mere thought. Mm-hmm. So the thought was, I've got to change. So that's yeah. where everything started, started changing. I said, Lord, I need you to take the wheel. Because I suck at this wheel. <laughs> I can't take this I'm wheel not, in my life anymore. I'm not driving right now. And so I can't well. drive this anymore. <laughs> and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so slowly but surely, I started mm-hmm. evolving. So you wake up the next morning. Was it like, okay, I need to start working on me. Okay. I need to start what what, what was the flip switch okay. well, action? The flip switch was I need to come clean to my husband and tell him about these thoughts I had. Okay. So I, I called Chuck. I, he Actually, I waited until he got home. We sat on my couch. I said, Chuck, I had feelings where I was actually looking at other men last night. And I feel so much. I cried to him. He said, that's okay. That's normal, honey. <laughs> really? You mean you don't care? He's like, no, honey. I know your heart. You would never do something that was not loyal to mm-hmm. me. I didn't think, okay, so you feel better now? I'm like, oh, you just let me off the hook. And of course, I'm thinking, well, gosh, shoot, I should have just done, you know. I mean, you know I mean? I'm thinking these things, I'm, I, you know. He's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's part of your journey. Well, You're he good. He gave you permission. He, he just said you're being he, human. Yeah, yeah, he didn't get yeah, But I was like, you know, it was just a weird thought. I was like, oh, yeah, this yeah. guy's way too, remember he said, rational Chuck? Yes. He said, it's okay. Yeah. Women are women. You're going to think those thoughts sometimes. And it's, you know, you'll come back. I'm like, okay. So it's I guess I'm on my own. I was actually kind of reaching out for him to say, you know, I don't know. Chuck is not that, you know, he's a guy. I wanted him to say, oh, my goodness, honey. No, you know, you should have had those thoughts. Let's come together. Like, he's like, it's okay. You're all good. So anyway, I'm like, okay, I need God. I need him he's a little not- more in my life. I need a little because <laughs> Chuck is not going to really help me through this. <laughs> and so <laughs> so anyway, so that was the first point where I came clean. I came where my thoughts were coming from. And I started saying, I'm going to start. I know people say working out, exercising, eating healthy is always good for the soul. You know, we hear it. Yeah whole life you know and I always was I was a marathon excuse me I did run LA marathons for four years prior to this so I was a runner all through the 12 years mm-hmm. I was not lifting weight though I was just mm-hmm. running 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 that was my bucket list when mm-hmm. I had my third child I'm gonna run a full marathon so yeah um it when was I was training yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's good it's good it's great but the running did not it, it was great but it wasn't exactly what I needed yeah. so I ended up lifting weight I started lifting weight I started going to the gym I started eating healthier I started changing things in my life I remember going to 24-hour fitness I'd put my headphones on I'd put worship music on I'd put a baseball hat and every repetition of lifting that weight would represent the strength that I have Wow. But I had forgotten about it for 12 years. You were reminding yourself who of Dana that was. world traveler, the mm-hmm. woman that loved to travel and see the world, that little fireball, I you know, it. that I was always had that fire in me. And it was just not lit for a while. It was dim for 12 years. And so I started feeling that fire again and that wet, the weight of my strength started igniting it, started putting a little more oil, a little more oil in my mind and my soul and my, it started changing. I started believing that I can again. 
I started believing in me again, Mm -hmm. you know, and then my nutrition just followed because I started feeling really good. Yeah. When you start finding an exercise routine, you start believing in yourself. You want to start caring for your body a little more. And I wanted to love me. I wanted to love myself Mm -hmm. because I started becoming proud of myself again. Mm -hmm. I had not been proud of myself for 12. Well, I had some victories. Don't get me wrong. Um, But. No, I get it. Yeah. You you were this woman and then something you're who you were, who you were known as your identity was not who you originally were. It was dormant. So you had to come back. You had had to to bring her back. back out. I had to bring her back out. Yeah. She was wanting to come out. She just didn't know how to come out of it. So weight training and nutrition really ignited her fire again. But I think a lot of women, once they become a wife and become, I don't know if men go through this. That would be a great question to ask, you know, a couple of men. I think they internalize it. I think they do. But women, for sure, when we, you know, we have a certain identity and then we become a mom and become a wife, that person, some, and some women flourish great with it and they're okay. But others... They're like, I miss her. I miss her. Yes. But I got to be honest with you. I think every woman wants that fire lit in her. And I believe every woman has it. And that's what it, that's what I developed Drench for. Was it it's maneuvering her into finding that so fire again? So how did you get to Drench? So you're working out on so, your okay, working out it, by yourself. It changed my entire life. Yeah. I said I want to do this more because I love the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. It's me again. Okay. And it wasn't even about the body. Yeah. It wasn't about that. It was about me. I've yes. arrived. So I said I want to get into bodybuilding because I love lifting weights and I love seeing the muscle tone. And so I yeah. did a bodybuilding competition 16 what? weeks later. Wow. 16 weeks 16- later. From the inception. Wow. Yeah. It was like six weeks and maybe, excuse me, 16 weeks and maybe a couple weeks to transition into that. We'll say 18. Okay. We'll say about 18, solid 18 weeks. Wow. I stepped on stage. I stepped on stage. And I remember when I told my family, I'm going to do a bodybuilding conversation. My dad's like, you've lost your mind. (laughs) My friends and family thought I lost my mind. You're going to wear a bikini on stage. That's so not like you. I go, it has nothing to do with the bikini sister. Nope. And everything to me that, that everything that I've arrived and nothing about the bikini is what I'm saying. No, I and everything it. about I have arrived. Yes. And my parents are like, you can't do my dad's. Oh, Dana, no, Dana, you can't, you can't do that on a stage at their bathing suit on it. You know, I go, I got to do it, dad. I've got to do it. So I stood <laughs> on that stage. I met your parents. Your parents oh, are lovely. Hilarious. My dad's yeah. my best friend. Yeah, I, my mom like, too, but so my, supportive. my mom and dad, Amazing parents. Oh they my are. goodness. Amazing. My dad's story is another podcast. Oh, he's the, he's what made, gave, given my sisters and I the strength that we have. Oh. It's crazy. My dad's story. But anyway, long story. Um, beautiful story. That's another coffee with Christy. Okay. Um, so we are in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Life changing. So, you so, do, so, okay, so, so did I, everybody go and support you? Okay. Well, I'm standing on that stage and they're announcing I'm coming in first, second. Th- I'm winning these trophies. All I hear on that stage is, Dana, that's my daughter. That's oh, my daughter. My dad, dad ended up coming. Aww. He just wasn't going to come. He ended up showing up. And oh, that's my daughter. Go, Dana. Go, how, Dana. How old were you when you did this? Oh, how old was I? Let's see. 27, about 27, 28. 28? Wait, 28? 28. But did, no, I thought you got no, married. No, wait a minute. That. Hold on. What am I 12. talking about? You're like in your 30s. Oh, 38. So 38. 38. I just took 10 years. Wow, that's 38. Awesome. Because I was staying home for 12, 38 years old. That's I was awesome. 38, excuse me. I got married when I was 26, 27, and had a baby. Um, yeah, 38. Wow. And so, um, and then my, see my, hus- my husband just, he's always been in bodybuilding, Jake Chuck. He's always been an athlete his entire life. 
Bruce Lee fan. And, and <laughs> all that kind of, he loves all that. So anyway, so he was on the front. I remember him right center stage, right in front of me. And he's just looking at me with these starried eyes. With like, and I saw him. He saw his wife was smiling so Aww. graciously, gracing, you know, gracing the stage. Yeah. Shoulders back. And I was so aligned with me again. And he felt that. He saw that. And I remember I got off that stage that day, that evening. And he said, I go, honey, I felt so good. He said, you know, baby, I go, it was never you. It was never you. It was me. I didn't feel good about who I was. I was blaming you for my inadequacies. I told him that night. I did. I told him. And he says, I know, sweet. Was that your aha moment when you were on that that stage? That was like another aha where I'd look at him and I knew it was never him. Yeah. It was never him because I had a lot of animosity to him because he was always traveling. I didn't like him for a while. We didn't have any intimacy. A lot of that we were going on within our marriage where I got really depressed. That was another yeah. component. Mm-hmm. And so that day he, and then he said to me, he said, you know, honey, <laughs> here I go again. I'm a crier. He said, there was not a day that passed that I didn't pray for my wife to come back Aww. to me. <laughs> I know. I could so, but I could so <laughs> see that yeah. from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was praying for me. He said, "I was praying for you. There was not a day that went Aww. that I didn't know you were going to kind you. God was going to bring you back to That's me." Beautiful. And so um, I said, "I'm going to open an all women's fitness studio, and I wanted you to work with women day? between yes, women between you know 35 to 65 when they're kind of done having their children, they're transitioning to finding themselves again. I'm going to open an all women." Just women where they're loved, they're encouraged, they're supported, they're empowered empowered. because there's no gym that's going to offer that. I Mm -hmm. remember I felt so lonely Mm -hmm. when I go to 24 and no one cared. They didn't know my name. They didn't know what I was going through. People go to a gym because they want to feel better. Yes. No, it's not because they just want to lose weight. Yes, they want to lose weight, but that's the gravy. There's so much more. There's so much more. Like, you know, you said earlier, you know, it's your mind, your body, your soul. But I think, you know, we hear it all the time. When you experience it, running, even with running marathons, yes. going for a run, it didn't it clear your mind? Yes, it just it does everything. So even that little piece of physical exercise, yes, mm-hmm. wellness, the it's dopamine, the oh endorphins, it just changes your mind. It's that's why therapists yes. prescribe prescribe <laughs> exercise, <laughs> or you could take the the placebo of the same effect of medication. So I'd mm-hmm. rather do the exercise. Right. And take the placebo. You know? sure. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's when Drench Fitness. So you started where? Well, it's funny. You ready for this, Ren? I'm telling you, God's handprint has been on every step of this journey because I told the Lord, I said, here I go. I said, Lord, take it wherever you have me in this. I know this is where I need to be. Yeah, you've given me that pain for my purpose. I love it. I said I had to experience that suffering. So I could help someone through my pain. If so I could help, relate. I could, exactly. If yeah. I could help one woman regain her life and feel beautiful again in her skin, I've done my job. Yeah. Bring on that depression again. I'm okay with that. I will be that sacrifice just as Jesus is for me. I will be that sacrifice nice. for the next woman. And if I had to go relive all that again to help one woman, I would. Nice. Absolutely. Because I knew God had me there to find where I am in my path. life and my path. my path. A hundred percent. So I said, guide me in this journey. I want to open an all-women's studio. Like, Lord, where do you have me? I said, it's going to be faith-based, you know, women only, mm-hmm. and strength training to represent the strength that she has. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. So I ended up teaching a boot camp in this studio. In it, this? 
It was a studio. It was called Agape Fitness. And it was another faith-based co-ed boot camp. You were a trainer at Agape? I didn't know that. I was a trainer in this location. Wow. And it was a co-ed fitness studio, Mm -hmm. sweaty men, boot camp. I thought you were training in your garage. I did transition when I realized I didn't want to train sweaty men. (laughs) I remember I was in the boot camp going, let's go, let's go. And I was like, wait a minute. Whatever happened to my vision working with women between 35 and 65? teaching them how to lift weight and being their cheerleader and being that person of accountability and support. And this is not it. Yeah. And I did it just to get experience. I got my certification. I got NASM certification. I got my nutrition specialization. I started taking a lot of classes and courses of learning about the body and kinesiology and all that. But I was doing this as a experience. Mm-hmm. And then I quit because I realized this is not where God has me. Mm-hmm. And, and then I started doing one-on-one PT at a little gym down the road, Joe Corona's um, uh, Fit Club. I did that again. I'm training men one-on-one. So it was a little more intimate. It was kind of moving me towards a little more intimacy with clients. Mm-hmm. And training men again, I go, okay, forget it. I'm going in my, I'm going to open shop in my garage. And yeah. so I went on the Craigslist. But that says a lot about you because men don't generally, you know, go towards a female trainer to train them because they think, oh, you're a female, I'm a male. How do you know my anatomy to make me stronger? Right? So the fact that they chose you as their trainer shows that they had faith in you. Yeah. That was a good way to, yeah, Yeah. thank thank you. It's great training. It was, it was great. It was super, it was wonderful. So then I ended up going to my, my, my garage and I told Chuck, I pulled everything out of the garage. I went on Craigslist Mm -hmm. and I'm like equipment, lap pull down, you know, leg curl machine. I got all this equipment off Craigslist. That's awesome. Chuck's like thinking my, my lady's lost her mind. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I built out this beautiful little gym in my garage and I put a little Facebook ad. Hey ladies, accepting ladies. I'm going to be your personal trainer. What year was that? Oh goodness. That was seven years ago. So we're 2021, so seven years ago. I lose dates yeah. very easily in my mind. Time it's all about the fast. journey. Yeah. yeah. And so um, kids would come in the garage while I'm training ladies. Mom, I'm hungry. So it was cool. I was able to train from 5 a.m. all the way to wee hours. And I would work it around my kids. Mm-hmm. They'd come in the garage, watch me train. It was kind of seeing mama doing her business and all yeah. that stuff. And then I'd go make them lunch. And, you know, however, it just worked with my family. I started mm-hmm. training in my home. And it was work. I had a full schedule. And I remember every woman that walked through that garage, I was like, okay, Lord, you have me in her life bring her to me, you know, and I found that a lot of ladies had very similar situations as I, different journey, but the same situation. They weren't coming to me. They were coming to me. Of course they said, I want to lose weight. I want to build muscle. I go, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let's just get her back. You know, I already knew why they were, everybody comes because they want to, they want to, they want to change something in their yes. life. And so, and then God gave me that platform. You that know, I remember awesome. I'd pray with them. I'd share my faith with them. I would just help them make this a faith base because with, with faith, you can move mountains. And that was the vision of it. How long were you in your garage? I was in my garage for about a year until my neighbor started complaining. Actually, it was this. I went to an HOA meeting and I said, I want to do a, a boot camp with local ladies in our community. And, you know, they're like, oh, okay, go. Yeah, because I'm right now I'm in my garage, but I'd like to go use the park in our in our in our community. And they said, What? You're in your garage? I go, No, 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 no. You cannot be you are not authorized to have a business in your home, much less an exercise studio in your home. You have 30 days to stop this activity. Wow. Yeah. So that's what happened. And then, of course, neighbors Here you would are say. coming to them, offering <laughs> them a service, and they're like, shutting you down. Remember what you said? Hmm. There you go. There's another open door. Yes. There is another situation. Actually, if I didn't attend that yes. HOA meeting, 
I would not have gotten my first studio. I would have been in my garage still. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> there is another one. Yeah. There is another one. See how he sprinkles in your life? Yes. And so, uh, yeah. And it's, I, it's, it's like a force. It's not like, uh, not everything that comes in our journey is like a easy, let me hand you this. It's not. It's, no. Okay, I have faith in you to problem solve this situation. Yes, and so, you got to do the tough stuff. Yes, so we're going to kind of like shut the door for you because if yes. we don't shut the door for you, no kidding. You won't. Right? Right? It's so, so true. God opens and closes yes. doors. Mm-hmm. And when you see life through that lens, <laughs> things don't sting as much. Right. When friendships or things close, yes. you say, okay, Lord. This the is, next one will open because right. I trust in your plan for my life. This is what you have for me. Yeah, this is right, what you have for me. At this time frame. Yes. So they tell you you have 30 days. Yes. And so you I go, go to I go to um, uh, Haro, their next level boot camp oh, yeah. off of Roswell. Mm-hmm. And I, I walk know. in there and I heard great things. I love those guys. Mm-hmm. Wonderful guys. And the guys that own Agape were amazing too. And we're all still, you yeah. know, you still keep, you know, wonderful friendships. So I went to that Mark Haro's gym and I said, I need one year. I just want the weight side. I don't want the boot camp. I worked, I worked out there. Oh, everybody did. Yeah. I know I, a lot of people. But I wonder like. So what I would do, I wouldn't use the boot camp. I said, I just want the weight training because women don't know how to lift weights. Mm-hmm. They need to learn how to properly engage their muscles, build that muscle tissue and get stronger. I just want the weight side of the studio. There's so, uh, the stigma about women lifting weights I know. looking and I go you yeah. don't have testosterone sister you ain't gonna get all buff that ain't gonna happen God didn't make your body that way unless you want to start some steroid enhancements right. then that's when you're gonna get anyway so or carb cycle and all this other crazy stuff that you could add to your regimen anyway so I started training in the in the hard uh, lifting weight area 40 Almost 42 days later, excuse me, hold on. During my lunch break, I walked across the street to this little promenade and I found this little place for rent. It was a little 900 square foot little place there. And I was like, ooh, I wonder. It was just my wheel started turning. I was like, eh. And I went back and long story short, I went to the city and I said, yeah, there's this little place for rent because we started, I didn't have And that place was empty for like the longest time. It was empty forever. And I didn't have any more availability with my schedule. I was Mm. fully booked with women. Wow. I had not one more available spot. So they let you come aboard. You are a private trainer. So they let you use their facility. And I just paid them rent. Nice. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, not for very long. (laughs) It was supposed to be for a year. And then uh, I called, I went to the city and they said, I go, what's the zoning? Because it's really difficult to get zoning for fitness. You need a certain amount of parking spaces, heavy equipment, hazardous equipment. And they said, interesting enough, they're kind of shook their heads. They're like, it's not zoned for anything. There's this one little speck on the map and it's not zoned. How did we look this over? It was literally looked over. It had every place has a zone. This was one little place on the map that was not zoned. Well, I probably because right before that, that's what the next door was a movie theater, right? Yeah, it was Krikorian. Yes. Yes. So probably because that was kind of fairly new, but it stayed empty. I remember that. I guess they never mapped it out. Yeah. So they probably didn't get much attention. And so I said, how about a fitness studio? They're like, a fitness studio? I said, yes. Can I have a fitness studio? And they said, we'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah. And I got a call and they said, we'll map it out. We'll zone it out. And we're going to actually zone it for fitness. Sweet. I'm all, oh my gosh, this is it. I told Mark and the guys, I got to go. And it just happened very quickly, very quickly. Nice. You know, within months, we opened up that studio. Um, I had enough uh, cash to just open it up without any uh, out of pocket. I mean, I had 
a little a little nest egg just from training the ladies there at, at Mark Harrow's place. And then we opened up the studio. We got up to 100 ladies, and we had a wait list for almost two, almost about a year and a half, excuse wow. me, about a year and a half. We just, we had a full, and it was like, it was this little 900 square foot space and a bunch of women coming in and out. I we remember had, it. We had to use the restroom. They had to jump over the battle ropes. You know, it was like, it was like, we were like a little bunch of sardines. Oh my God. It would have never worked during COVID. Oh goodness. And so um, I remember we couldn't take anymore. It was just filling up way too quickly. Women, it was the first women's. Well, there was, there's Empowered down the road, but it was, this is more faith-based and just different. Right. They, they are. You guys demographic. do cater to different. Um, we do. We uh, goals we do we cater more to the women 35 to 65 Mm -hmm. women that have kind of gone through the child rearing and and now she's ready to find her again so Mm -hmm. completely different business model uh so ready for the story now it's coming to the punchline yeah the owners of agape fitness we got in contact somehow and turns out they are going out of business and gave me dibs on this location. So awesome. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go from a 900 to a 2,600 square foot space. Almost 27. Uh, how's that going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I told Chuck, oh my gosh, the place right by Papachino's are opening. Oh my God, I have an opportunity and they're going to give me this opportunity. And da, da, da. I don't have the money for it though. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to build out the whole place. And of course right. I had a vision. It was going to be very beautiful mm-hmm. female. You know, I wanted the wood wall. I, yeah. I mean, there's no way. It's going to take at least 100000 to build out a place, you know, equipment, flooring, all of it, got yeah. the whole thing. So I just said, you know, I've got to pray about this one. Just got to pray about it. I don't know, Lord, if this is where I'm supposed to be. Is that door going to open? Yeah, and you opened right before COVID, correct? Well, we opened our, we, no, no, we were about a year before COVID in this location. And then we got another location right before COVID, which is next oh. door. Yeah, so, so um, this wait this section that was right a here? second location that came that was a Ameritrade. It was a mortgage. So you just had this. Section we only right had this here, section, and then this opened up right before COVID. They, where you guys do the spin class? We do the spin and the group classes. Yes. The okay. fat burning, and this is the muscle yes. training. And so, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't have the money. Then I I talked to the landlord. I said. What, what is this looking like just for me to get it? Maybe I can just hold on to the place and then eventually save money to build it out. He said, you need this amount of dollars. I go, oh, gosh, there's no way. I don't have this at all. So he said, well, you got to act fast because if you're not going to take yeah, it, I've got to put it off. Yeah. So Chuck and I just said, let's fast. Let's pray about this. You know, God could do all things. And ready for this story? Here's another one. All right. <laughs> I'm not, this is completely, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. That night, I knew the exact dollar amount that I needed, and I was not close. I just said, Lord, open the door if it's going to be open. I'm still going to meet with the landlord yeah. because maybe he'll negotiate with me a little bit more. Yeah. We already went up to the bottom line, and you know, maybe I'm still going to go to the meeting. I'm not going to cancel it. <sighs> I went to bed. Chuck and I prayed. Woke up the next morning. I just said, well, today's my big meeting. We'll see how this all goes down. Chuck said, let's see what we have financially, get the dollar amount, see where we're at exactly. Christy, exact dollar amount was dumped in my account that night. How? Well, we got a tax return that we weren't expecting. The auto plays, we had auto pays for the women and their auto pays just happened to hit that night. Oh a gosh, bunch I'm of tears now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that Christy, I'm so telling you, awesome. God is so much bigger. He's so much bigger. It was exactly to the dollar. I remember I got a cashier's check 
And I remember I just prayed about it. And I just so Chuck, we just, we just started, we, we just came to this moment. We're like, this is a, this is a miracle. Yeah. People, sometimes you don't see the miracles right before you. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're small. You know, life is a miracle. And this is just that moment we're like, oh my God, this is like a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) And we showed up to that appointment with my landlord. I put that check on the counter. He handed me the keys. I walked in here and I just fell on my face. And I just fell on my face. I said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're giving me this place. And so um, that was when Drench was born. I called all the ladies. I said, ladies, we got a new place. I called all the ladies that were trading in the old studio. And we all came in. And we I all, remember when you We all prayed. We all prayed on this floor together. We held hands and we prayed for our lives and for health and for what this place should be. Lord, this is yours. This is yours. And I get so emotional because it's such a big deal to me. And so um, that's it. We've been here three and a half years. A year and a half after we moved in. COVID hit, excuse me, the opportunity next door, they were going out of, they were relocating. They were going to go online. It was a Ameritrade. It was a funding company. And the landlord says, we're going to put that up for rent. I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. We're already filling this place up. I just said, Lord, again, prayer, Mm. everything met. We negotiated this killer, you know, onboarding in that place. And so we got in there, made it our cardio studio. (laughs) (laughs) tore down the wall you see that sliding glass door that was actually the manager's office door I pulled the office door out we put as a slider so people have access to that studio the vision was all here I said it's got to be you know so this would be the strength that would be the cardio that was the only thing we we had a cardio equipment but people want group classes they had so much fun the ladies it's more of a community building for the group classes and that was where my vision always had been I knew we couldn't fit it here so there was another open door and um, then COVID hit and we shut down and I'm like, I just got that other place too. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Lord, really? Why would you put that in my lap? And now I got this other mortgage. And and um, we also purchased spin bikes too. Mm-hmm. And no, the spin bikes came after COVID. No, that was after. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that was another investment. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm getting all, have all these investments and, and now COVID and now we're shutting down. So I said, Lord, you didn't get me this far. Excuse me. I didn't say this. My husband said it. I said, Chuck, we're shut down. How am I going to pay this mortgage? Like everything. I want to keep my employees on board. They have to have a job. I can't let anybody go. And he says, Dana, stop. Stop. God did not get you this far to only get you this far. So COVID hit. He's going to walk out the door and say, you're stuck. You're on your own now. (laughs) Yeah. I said, no, you're right. (laughs) And it's true. He's carried us through. We kept all of our members. We lost a few. Mm-hmm. but we were able to make ends meet. Nice. And fortunately we built such a strong community that our women supported us. And, you know, we did, what we did was we didn't, um, we banked all their sessions so they didn't lose anything. Oh, nice. We reactivated it after COVID. So they had stored sessions during the COVID time. Yeah. And then they just got plentiful um, sessions and, in, in, in packages from what was during COVID. And then we did online training and we just made it all work together. The mm-hmm. team was amazing. And there's another, that's a whole other story, how our team came together. God placed each of these team members in my oh, yes. life. And that's a whole other podcast. So but. Uh, Z, I kept telling her she was training me in her garage. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that story. I she, do know that she's been training you. In your, she was she, training in your she garage. Was, she was training me in her garage and then COVID happened. And, you know, I went didn't we didn't go anymore 
And I kept saying to her, but even there, I'm like, you got to do this. Like, this is who you are. You're great at this. I'm like, you got to call Dana. Like, because, you know, uh. her personality is, you know, same. She fits. I think this is like the ideal place for her. Yeah, she sent her resume yes. and she was out of the industry for a while that <clears throat> I, I couldn't. I didn't. The resume wasn't what I, uh, she was out of the business for so long, yeah. you know, and coach Brenda's very, you know, we need, you know, and I said, but, 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 but she has a heart. Like she, she yeah. could, she, we could bring her back, you know? And she goes, she, she has too many years without experience. I go, well, no, she does. She does train. She goes, no, her certifications. It was all about, and I yeah. love Brenda's heart. She's very certified. Mm -hmm. You've got to have things a certain way. Yeah, for sure. She goes, there's no chance. And I go, but you've got to meet her, yeah. you know? And then I said, no. And I just, it just, and she kept calling me, calling yeah. me and, and messaging me. And I met her. And I said, I don't care. I'm bringing I'm, you on. I'm so excited for her. I'm yeah. I'm so excited for both of you guys to have that connection and that relationship. She's amazing. So She's a beautiful, she beautiful woman. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so glad. Even Brenna says, I am so glad that we did that. I'm so glad That's that awesome. I stopped listening to that and, and, and gone to what the beauty that she brings to the studio. She's yeah, just she a does. lovely soul. She, really she has is. a heart to serve women. All the, all and, of your um, trainers are like that. Yes. We're cut yes. from the same cloth mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. a God thing. So let me ask you, how did you come up with the name drench fitness? Well, interesting enough because of course it's supposed to be, you know, you're drenched. You better sweat right. with those because when you sweat, you let it all out. And the more I thought about it, it's drenched in him. You're drenched oh. in his living water. Like you are drenched wow. in his love, in his in his, in his, wow. in the midst of God, you know? And so it's, but it's sweat yes. drenched in that. But to me, it symbolizes drenched in him. So, in, uh, so from the outsider, they're seeing it as, cause that's how I interpreted it. I said, well, okay, she probably didn't want to name it sweat, but you're drenched yeah. in sweat. You <laughs> exactly. So you're glistening. You're, 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 you're yes, no, yes, no, yes. We're not glistening here. No. We're drenched. <laughs> exactly. I'm taking I, I want to give these ladies killer workouts. <laughs> yes. Like if they're not drenched, yes. then they need a good, then we've done, we haven't done our job. Right, exactly. You know, so yeah, that's how yeah. it all. That's the story, and it's and it's amazing. It. We've had over four hundred transformations. That's awesome. Um, women, you know, just have any of their... your girls done a challenge? Have they done a, a bodybuilding challenge or a fitness challenge? Actually, like Brenda did? is an ultra marathoner. Well, she excuse me, she's a she's a she's a full marathoner. Her goal was to run fifty marathons by time by the time wow. she turned fifty. Nice. She just finished her fifty marathon. She's Boston wow. qualifier every year. She was my pace leader. Oh, wow. 12 years when I had Sayla. Mm -hmm. And wow. I remember I was so intimidated by her. She was <laughs> pacing me, pacing me through my first marathon 12 years ago. And uh, yeah, we crossed paths years later. So amazing. She walked into the studio and came in for training, but God had another plan for her. Yeah. She's our head hunt. She's our head coach. And she is an expert. She has every, we compliment each other. Yes. I'm more on the encouragement, supporting, making sure our members are happy, fulfilled, and making the changes spiritually, mentally, She's more on the physical side, making sure they're prop, you know, they're properly yeah. training. She does all the programming. She does so much. Yes, and she's amazing in the studio. That's so awesome. yeah. all of, like I said, all of your trainers are all of them. I one of the questions I always ask towards the end is like, what you know now? What would you tell your self uh, before all of this? Like, mm -hmm. but I I can tell just from listening to you talk about your journey. You wouldn't trade any of it because I it's wouldn't trade what any of it. Got you to where you are today. Yes. But if you can still go back and maybe tell mm. the woman that was I love that. The yes. woman that was traveling prior to meeting Chuck and maybe even the woman that was going through baby, you know, with the blankets. Right. Or maybe even the woman that was going through depression. 
Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. would you tell that person? I would tell that person, <laughs> let go, let God, mm-hmm. is what I would tell that person because I truly believe with him you can move mountains. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have these barriers in our life where it's almost too good to be true that we want to resist from our faith. And with faith, what do we have? I don't believe you have much. And I believe with faith, it can truly transform a life. And everything else changes after that. So if it's not in a spiritual sense, you never know someone's journey, I would say, I would say to that woman, I would say, discover the beauty. You are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And not Psalms 139, I must say, no. Um, You, honestly, it would be more, she is so gorgeous. She's so beautiful. You have to start believing in that beauty Mm -hmm. and what you bring to this world. You have to start believing in who you are because there is no other woman like you. Amen. You're not duplicatable. Yeah. And you've got to dig deep. You've got to find that woman because God's plan, he already has it for you. You have to allow yourself to find that woman again. Whatever that journey is going to look for you, I don't know what that is, but you will have it because you have the strength. It's in you. Mm-hmm. Every woman has it. If you can give childbirth, you have strength in you. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it again. You just got to dig deep and trust yourself. Stop the self-doubt. Stop the self-sabotage. That'll never serve you. Let go. Right. And allow yourself to become who you were called to be. Do you think you speak differently to your children than going through this process than what you maybe did when you first had them 12 years ago? Oh, Do you goodness. Think your conversation is different now? Oh, my gosh. Yes. 110%. Between was- the two companies, because you're running two, you've run two companies mm-hmm, now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are your own, very successful companies. Yeah. But your conversation with your children, your conversation with yourself, do you feel is so different now than it was then? So different. Mm-hmm. Now that I have a, I'm going to speak on Sayla, my little daughter. Yeah. So little girls, a lot of times they're very critical. Girls are critical of themselves. They're not mm-hmm. pretty enough. They, they say the F-A-T word. I hate that word. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, speaking of, well, all my kids, I tell them now, you could do anything you put your mind to. Exactly. You have a gift that no other child has. You've got to find that gift, you know, but for Sayla, it would be, I talk to her now where, um, you know, the moment I hear her criticize herself, that stings me, you know, and I don't say, don't say that, Sayla. I say, honey, you know, I talk to her how God talks to me, how I am beautiful and I made just in his image. I share that with her because she's so beautiful. And the moment I see her, my girls, my daughter, boys are very into themselves. They're a little different way of parenting, Mm -hmm. but I speak to her more from a woman's point of view. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it breaks my heart when I hear her speak negatively of herself. But again, it took me to find my confidence, my strength, my dignity, my worthiness has changed from 37 years, 37 years to do that. It took a long time. Mm -hmm. And mind you, your hope is that she's doing it. My hope that she exactly, because yeah. as a child, is me, for me, I was very insecure. I got yeah. teased. I made some bad choices in my life where I couldn't forgive myself. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was hard for me to look in the mirror. I didn't feel I had much worthiness in my life. I went through hard times where I didn't believe that I was. I yeah. never said I could. Everything I can't, things like that through my life. 
And it's interesting because Christy, it's think think of it this way. Like one day, I'm sorry, no, I'm gonna no, no. I, I I love this because I think about I was that weak person, that one that didn't believe in herself. Yeah. You know, and that's why it hurts me so much because I know how that feels. That's why you give so much when you're here because you you can relate. I could relate. And I want that for you her. Can relate, you can relate to that woman that's walking in not knowing who she is. And I think, and I stand in this place, I said, Lord, you took a broken girl. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I'm, not, I'm a woman now. And the older I get, the better I get. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But I get, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? To age like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you took such a broken person who had no worth, I felt I did not yeah. because of decisions I made and things that I'd done in my life where I wasn't proud of, but it was my journey that I had experienced. So I found my f- full strength and worth later in life. And I said, and you're using me to lift other women higher, a woman that never thought of herself as yeah. being that woman. Oh my gosh, that's a miracle. Like how yeah. are you using little me? Yeah. And how did you do this? Like, Kay, where you have me, I'm just so humbled by the opportunity and I'm humbled by his grace and mercy and I'm humbled to be able to come into these women's life like they open that door to me and I don't see it as I see it as a ministry I see like this woman is coming in this door because God brought her to this in this door I see it as that it's Mm -hmm. a very fragile delicate flower to me leading us back to the same thing we said earlier everyone crosses each other's path for a reason exactly so to I don't take it lightly wrap us up here what would be one thing if you could tell everyone out there who's listening one thing, what would you tell them? Ooh. Like, what one do thing. you think would be a, the best um, piece of advice that they need to listen to okay. every single day? I get it. Perfect. Exactly. You can never pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. It's not physically possible because I'm sure we're speaking to women that want to give everything to everybody. Yep. And it's not physically possible. You must... Take care of yourself before anything in your life could fall into its place. If you are not building your body and your mind stronger daily, you will break eventually. It's just a matter of time. It's not when. Excuse me. It's, it's when. It's not if. It's if you do not take care of yourself and continue neglecting the beautiful woman that you are, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. You're it. not only going to have longevity. You're going to have mental, you're going to, excuse me, mental wellness. All of that is going to be on the back burner, right? You're going to, you're going to be suffering. You're, you will suffer because God has given you a beautiful vessel, a temple to nourish, to care for, to fuel, to build stronger and to neglect it shouldn't even be an equation in your life. Take care of you because you're going to be able to take care of others by doing so. And if you feel guilty, <laughs> that's a personal issue. There's no guilt that you should feel when taking care of you. I love it. I love so. it. Well, Dana, thank you so much. Mm. That was so beautiful. <laughs> I, I really was. I mean, your journey to get here mm. is just so amazing. I'm so glad that you shared it with me, thank you, you know, in my audience. And um, where can we find you? So those who are listening, where can thank they find you. you? So Drench Fitness Training. We are located off Ramona, Eucalyptus, and Chino, all women's. Um, you can find us at Instagram, Drench Fitness Training. Uh, and then online Facebook, I actually go more through my, I'm doing uh, wellness Wednesdays, a lot of live speaking on my personal page, which is Dana Pasias Brooks. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be launching an online, everything we do on here, but online and that's going to be launching soon. It's going to be, I'm, I'm narrowing it down to fearlessly fit, but I'll be announcing that soon. But until then drench fitness training. 
Congratulations again. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. I love you, Christy. I love you too. Oh my gosh, this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you.